You're listening to Over the Top Cycling, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. January, it's that time of year, snow bike racing. Chris Ragsdale, Jason Connell joining us from Washington to talk about their upcoming event where they're both going to be on fat bikes, correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Chris, you must have had a great time at... uh, I did a bike last year to be putting yourself through this misery again. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I had a blast up there. It was really one of the cooler things I think I've done. Yeah, um, yeah, I've been hunting around for, for more similar adventures because that one was pretty darn cool. So I was excited to uh, have something in the lower 48 over here. So yeah, JP's event's coming up this weekend and it uh, should be a blast. So, Jason, hearing about Chris and Travis's adventures in Alaska last year, is that one of the things that motivated you to enter this year? It was, indeed. I mean, I felt a little bit left out when they went last year. Um, and Chris sent an email out a while ago. Uh, they were planning on going back this year and uh, and also mentioned that this would be another race, JP's race, that he was interested in. And I was sort of on the fence, and I didn't have a fat bike, and uh, usually about that time of year in February, I do a training camp, uh, and I'm kind of committed to going to Borrego, and I'm like, do I want to spend a week riding in the sun, or do I want to go to Alaska? Um, so I decided to do Borrego, and then it just kind of, you know, I see that email time again, I went back and looked at it, and I'm like, oh, we can drive to Idaho, and, um, you know, I talked to my wife into letting me get a fat bike, and told Chris I was interested, so uh, we're making it happen, and we recruited Travis as well, so he's also going to be coming along. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah just, just recently he's he's. I think he's still putting together a bike tonight, possibly. But <laughs> yeah, this is so much your mode of operation, though, because last time I think the first time you got on fat bikes was basically at the start of the race, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like we had gone up there, kind of you know just making you know, guesses on what we thought we'd need and bringing, bringing everything up there. And then we rented bikes while we were there. And, um, yeah, we you know, just had to figure it out as we went and it was a blast. I mean, since then, you know, I, I bought a bike and Jason's bought one and Travis just got his and he's putting it together. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's still a very evolving process and, you know, I'm, I'm still puttering with things. I actually commuted on my fat bike today just so I could, cause I was tinkering on it all last night and wanted to make sure it was dialed in. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun process. So, Jason, is this part of Apex Racing's mystique that you guys get new bikes right before races and really don't ride them until the <laughs> the gun goes off? I don't know. I, I won't throw Apex under the bus on that one. I think uh, I won't even speak for Chris, but I know uh, historically Travis and I, Travis worse than me even, are uh, tend to get stuff together at the last minute. So I'm sure I'll be up late tonight. G. Peterberry, legendary athlete in the bike packing crowd. Um, putting together events now and his events are actually pretty well known, becoming pretty popular. What are some things that make Jay's events stand out to you guys? Chris, let's start with you. Uh, well, for one, it's, it's the only fat bike race in the, the West coast. I think, I don't, I don't think there's anything west of Minnesota for, for fat biking. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, he's bringing something relatively close to us and, and, and that alone is pretty cool. And I think he's, done enough that he's, you know, understands what putting on a good event is, you know, requires. And so I'm, uh, I've never been to one of his events yet, but I'm guessing he's going to put on a good thing. I've heard good reviews and things. So, um, yeah, it should be a blast. 
Jason, how about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I wasn't familiar with uh, Jay before this. Uh, and looked him up a little bit, and uh, yeah, he certainly sounds uh, sounds like he's certainly got a lot of things under his belt. And I mean, the the race looks great. I'm I'm, I'm really impressed. I think there's about 30 people signed up for the 200k. So I think for an event like this, that's a that's a pretty good showing. And I'm not sure the 200 mile. I think there was at least 25 people signed up for that. So. Um, you know, obviously he's got a pretty good reputation for putting on uh, events like this. Now, are you doing the 200K or the 200 mile? We're doing the 200K. And this is in Idaho, correct? Where the snow has been dumping like crazy this season. Yeah, it starts in, uh, I think it's Island Park, Idaho. And then we kind of shoot east into, I think, a little bit of Wyoming and, and touch on getting real close to Montana there and then come back down. So yeah. Yeah. I think they've been getting a ton of snow. Now, obviously the two of you haven't been riding your fat bikes too much. Although Chris did commute on his today. How have you been (laughs) training for this race? Honestly, I haven't done that much, George. I like my trainings shifted immensely from what it was a couple of years ago, but, um, you know, I, I mainly am just commuting by bike, and, and I've been kind of changing gears and, and trying on some running stuff. I've got a couple of big running goals this year, so I've been uh, doing much more of that than I have been anything on the bike. And so, uh, you know, mainly this is for fun for me. I'm not going to this event to, to try to win or try to, you know, see, see how competitive I can be. This is it's just so gorgeous to get out in the middle of the woods like that and, and to be with good friends, you know, to have Jason and Travis going. I think it's just going to be a blast. And so... Yeah, those are my main motivations. I wouldn't say I've got much training specific to to this event at all happening. So, <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to give that kind of an answer. I love it. Jason, how about you? Yeah, pretty similar, George. I mean, I have a I have a three month old at home, so uh, you know I've been trying to get some trainer time in, but uh, you know, commuting and occasional weekend rides. So. Uh, yeah, the last few months I've certainly been riding less than normal, but, uh, I mean, this is just a great opportunity. We can drive out there. We're driving out in the morning and we'll, you know, it's probably a 12 hour drive and it's only a couple of days away from home and we get to hang out near Yellowstone and ride our bikes. It should be a great adventure. So you guys are going to ride together. I, yeah, I, I don't know. That's... We have, we haven't, t- are we, I haven't t- we haven't talked about it. I assume these guys are just going to leave me, which, which is fine. <laughs> I'm waiting for them both to ride away from me, George. I have no miles this year, but um, you know we'll we'll get out there and have fun. You know, I've Travis and I step together for the most part on the uh, the idea of sport, and I can you know I'd be con- very content doing the same. So we'll see. No miles this year. Well, it is January sixth, so you know one <laughs> week isn't bad. So, Chris, what do you feel you learned? in Alaska last year that you're going to be able to bring to Idaho with you that will make this possibly a little more comfortable, maybe a little bit smoother. Yeah. I mean, I, I learned a ton. I mean, I, I was luckily had spent a, a ton of time going into the Alaska race, learning about, you know, foods that won't freeze and, you know, ways to keep the, you know, the fluids from freezing and doing all that and, you know, what works for layering and stuff. So I'm, for the most part, going to mimic a lot of what I what I learned in that event as far as the, the gear and the clothing and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff I borrowed for that, I just had to go out and buy now for this event. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, be a lot less of a, a learning curve. So. And Jason, you must have been questioning Chris and Travis a lot. What are you going to be doing as far as nutrition and and liquids and things like that? Eating butter sticks, seal fat. <laughs> yeah, I mean these these guys are a great resource and. I mean, as far as food goes, I'm pretty lucky because uh, I have a pretty pretty strong gut. Uh, so I, I'll probably have a, a bunch of sandwiches, a bunch of bars, and a bunch of gels, and that'll be primarily what I have. Uh, and then for fluid, I'll probably mix a few bottles, but, um, you know, I'll just have a couple Nalgene bottles, and I, one of the tricks I read about was just dropping a, a hand or a foot warmer in the little cozy, oh, really? um, you know, that the bottles sit in to keep it from freezing. And then, uh, you know, I'll use a camelback and I've got the, uh, you know, it's got a, a neoprene insulation on it and a, a kind of a, I don't know, a winterized bite valve, if you will. So hopefully that, uh, that can stay clear and not freeze up and be good to go. Yeah, I was really wondering how you deal with keeping your water bottles um, from freezing up. So never heard of that before. That's really interesting. Now, yeah, know? I think uh, Go Chris sent me the uh, the blog of the gentleman who I think won JP's race last year, and that was one of his tricks, uh, was to use the cozy and drop the warmer in. I mean, sound like a great idea. Do you know what the weather forecast is supposed to be, what the temperatures are, and do you have any idea of the snow depth? JP, yeah, have you been looking, Chris? Yeah, I have. A little bit. Uh, so it's, it's funny. It's been all over. It's actually quite warm there today. I think the high was over freezing, um, and the lows at night weren't bad. And for Saturday, it's been up and down. But when I checked a few hours ago, it was a high of 20 and a low of minus four Saturday night. Um, so it'll be, you know, not as cold as it could be, but it'll certainly be chilly. Uh, and as far as snow goes, I know they got quite a bit of snow a couple weeks ago, and it's uh, at least the few days leading up, it uh, doesn't look like there's more than an inch a day. Uh, including the day we're racing. So, um, you know, hopefully it's a, it's a pretty good pack. Yeah. I was actually talking to Muffy Ritz who did a snow bike race a couple of weeks ago. And she was saying that she was doing three, five miles an hour somewhere in there because the snow was so deep. How do you deal with something like that where you're working so hard, but not going very fast? Yeah, it can be super tough. Um, Jason and I had a little training deal. We took, you know, we did take the fat bikes up together once, and what did we get, Jason? We like five and a half miles in two hours or something? <laughs> yeah, that's it almost was, exactly it. It was tough. Yeah, it, and that was, it uh, was tough, tough to walk, too. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. And then Travis and I had a stretch when we were up in Alaska where we had to get from this one checkpoint to this other tent, and I think I, think I remember it being 36 miles. And we left before sunrise and got there at sunset. It took us all day to cover this 35 miles and uh, like nine hours or something totally ridiculous. Um, just super soft snow that had been torn up by some snow machines and just a ton of crashing and falling and getting up and crashing and falling. And it was just super loose and, and powdery. So there was nothing we could do. Yeah. How do you keep motivated when you're like that? I mean, obviously, when I did a bike, there's really no way out. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I kind of like it. You know, it, it takes the options out. You know, it's really you're just doing. You know, you just, you, you know, takes all the choice out of it. You know, you really just, um, 
try to wrap your head around where you're at and, you know, and so long as you're on course, you, you know, you're going in the right way. You're, you're good to go, right? It's just passing time really and enjoy the scenes and, and manage yourself well with your nutrition, and your hydration and, and just keep plodding along, you know, regardless of the speed you're going. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't have that much of a problem with it. I, I, I did start to question if we had like missed the checkpoint or something. I'm like, you know, it's been so long now and you can't really judge by distance, you know, we kind of had to judge by, you know, time and how long we thought it was going to be there. So like, I, I kind of thought we had gotten lost, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly a whole lot different than dealing with road biking and, you know, plugging away at 20 miles an hour plus, you know? So how is navigation going to work on this event? Uh, my understanding is that JP doesn't give out detailed maps. Jason, yeah, you know for sure. I, yeah, so he did. He did publish a, a couple maps on his website that I was able to grab. Um, and there's a there's an app I use for for hiking or backcountry or some bike packing I've been um, that you can download the maps offline. I think it's pronounced Gaia G A I A. Uh, and I turned the other guys on to it. So basically, you can import the the route map, and then you'll plot along as a little GPS dot, and you can download the maps offline. Um, so that's my plan. I've got a little handlebar mount for the phone, so I'll, I'll, you know, periodically be able to check that and make sure we're, we're on track. Um, but the route doesn't look too complicated. I think we do, I listen to your podcast with Muffy, George. I think we do that 60K loop they do, um, and then we kind of double back on a little bit of the loop, and then we start a bigger loop up to West Yellowstone and out to the west and then come back down south. And do you know how the course is going to be marked? Is it going to be marked? How do you mark something with deep snow on it? Uh, let us know about the Iditabike. Well, up there at, at, at the Iditabike Sport, it was, um, it was marked. And he would use uh, lath, like the old lath and plaster that he um, kind of turned into a spike and then uh, painted the end of them blue. And he had like, uh, like a white reflector on a blue stake and he would put them every i don't know half mile or something like that on the course so so long as occasionally you ended up seeing a piece of lap with some blue paint on it you knew you were you were good i don't know if jay is putting anything like that out there do you know jason i i didn't i i heard the 60k was marked but i'm not sure if he marked the the bigger courses the 200k or the 200 mile yeah i, I don't know i would I would kind of expect that there'd be some kind of markings out there. I hope so. Yeah. Now, when you're out on something like this where there's no SAG support or anything, do you bring a water purifier or anything like that with you to melt snow? Yeah. So one of the uh, mandatory pieces pieces of gear he's got us um, is, is to have a stove and to have a pot and that stuff. So, yeah, we will certainly have the ability to to melt snow and, and get fresh water. Um, you know, we've also got to bring a bivy sack and a sleeping bag and those things in case, you know, you, you end up hurt or, you know, lost or something, something worse happens. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've got the ability to, to be out there for a while. And uh, I think he's even got a requirement for calories on how many extra calories you're supposed to keep on board. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking sunrise to sunset, 36 miles. You know, if you run into conditions like that, 
how are you prepared? I mean, how are you carrying the bivy sack? Um, I, you've just got to be so set for anything that can happen out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, we're bringing all those things along. I personally don't plan on using any of that gear. Um, you know, it's it's a worst-case scenario. But, um, you know, mainly I'm bringing enough fuel to, to keep me hydrated and, and fueled during the riding parts. I'll do a lot of eating at the checkpoints and time stations, whatever he's got there. He's, um, you know, he's supposed to have real food at some of the later checkpoints, soups and sandwiches and that kind of stuff. And so I'll definitely you know, stock up big there and probably grab a handful of cookies to leave with whatever I can. But, um, you know, I personally get a little bit paranoid if I get low on calories out there. So, um, I'm, I always make sure I've got plenty of stuff with me and I'll be bringing chocolate covered almonds and all kinds of goos and a couple of sandwiches and stuff stashed away. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly doable. You know, I, it's uh, it, it's all about conditions on how long we spend in between those checkpoints. So, how about you, Jason? Yeah, similar to Chris. I, I mean, I never run out of food. So, uh, and you know, with what these bikes weigh and with what we're required to carry, uh, shaving a, a few ounces or even a pound or two uh, worth of food just doesn't make any sense. So, uh, we'll definitely have a lot of food on the bike. And I mean, I'm I'm expecting that it'll be at least a 20 hour ride. So. Um, you know, I think as long as you know that going into it, and I think all of us have done 20-hour, Chris, certainly way, way, way beyond that uh, continuously, um, you know, I, I think it'll just be a steady push through. And uh, like Chris said, I, I don't think we'll be breaking out the, uh, you know, the sleeping gear unless it's uh, a you know, bad situation. How about lighting requirements? Yeah, you yeah, require so both front and light. Yeah, so I think we have to have a light light going at all times. Uh, so I think I'll just run flashers. I've got some smaller flashers, uh, that I'll run during the day. And then, yeah, you know, like a, a light you'd use for rain or something at night. Yeah. Similar for me. I've, uh, I've got a couple of simple little options that'll keep me legal and, and, and I've got some, you know, some more high density light when, when I need it. And how can we follow you throughout? Are you going to have spot trackers on or anything? Yeah, we will. Uh, it's one of the requirements. So, um, yeah, we can we can certainly send you a link, or I'm sure JP will have a link off his website. What is the website for the event? Fatpursuit.com, Jason? It is fatpursuit.com. Fat as F A T, F A T. Okay, Fat Pursuit. And then he's com. yeah. It's also Fat Pursuit. Fat Pursuit. I think it's a community page on Facebook too. He's got uh, some route information and stuff up there. All right. And when is the start? Is it seven a.m. Saturday? I don't know the exact time. I, yeah, I just know Saturday. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's seven a.m. Saturday. So we're hoping by 7 a.m. Sunday, you guys have had four hours of sleep in uh, warm and dry <laughs> conditions. Well, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Chris Ragsdale, Jason Connell, hope to be catching up with you Monday evening after the race. That'd be okay with you guys? Sounds great. Thanks, George. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, George. All right. Thank you for joining us. Over the Top Cycling, Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.